Opening program parameters. Player code established. Welcome to the program. A production of TheMetalRobot.com Nobody cares about the robot gimmick! Just start the fucking show already! Ugh. Humans are determined assholes. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. Initializing post-playback. Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between. We are back, baby! About fucking time, hey? It's been three weeks and four separate desk orders from Amazon just to get us set up so I can get you a quality podcast. Now, I won't go into detail as to why, as that would be an episode in itself, but let's just say that if Bezos can take five minutes away from building penis rockets to fix his multi-million dollar business model, that'd be very nice. But that out of the way, we're back with a great show, including Scattered Hamlet Part 2, continuing from the last episode. I also sit down with the Twitch drumming superstar Sunfire TV about a recent rise to Twitch fame and so much more. We also have news of the week to follow, but coming up in a few short moments, we'll get into that new Ibaraki album and many others. All this and more, so let's not waste much more time and let's get into the show. I'm Tom McKay. And this is the Metal Robot Podcast. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome, one and all, to the Metal Robot Podcast. Let's begin the show once again after too fucking long. I swear, one of these days I will tell you the story. Uh, But let's begin with this week's reviews. Holy shit, this was a star-studded week, as we'll get into in a bit. We, of course, also had plenty of albums from outside of the star-studded lineup that are also worth talking about as well. So let's get into it. If you have any albums you want me to talk about on future episodes of the podcast, send me an email, tmckay at themetalrobot.com. That's T-M-C-K-A-Y at TheMetalRobot.com. Or reach out on my socials, Facebook and Twitter at TheMetalRobot, Instagram at the TheMetalRobot. Tag me in a post, use the hashtag MetalRobotPodcast so I can find you. Now, without further ado, let's take a look at what we've got. Ibaraki's Rashomon. Raise thy hands. How many have been waiting for this one? Whoa, Jesus! Wow, that's a lot of you. Good news, the wait was so worth it. Holy shit, this might actually be one of the best black metal albums released this year. And I know that can easily be considered biased, seeing as Matt Heafy is behind this masterpiece, and I'm a huge Trivium fan, but let's be real with ourselves. That's exactly why this was destined to work so well. Not necessarily because he's a bigger name in the metal world, but because he's an excellent songwriter in almost any genre he's a part of, and that skill and talent comes out in full with Rashomon. This album is heavily based on Matt's Japanese-American identity and his experiences finding his voice, according to the website. And reading the lyrics and even hearing many of the melody choices and Japanese folk breaks, it's impossible to deny. Oh, but don't worry, True Cult Robots, there's plenty of intense black metal to enjoy on this album. From the blackened screech of Ibaraki Doji to the intense and chaotic Tamashi no Hokai, the almost terrifying sound of Akumu, thanks again, Nergal, and onward. This is a true black metal album that even the most die-hard black metal fans can get behind, no matter who's behind it. And if you do need more proof that this is a black metal project with a black metal seal of approval, Isan of Emperor is on it. Yeah, that Isan. 
He provided some guitar solo work and even gave Matt the nod of approval after hearing early demos. But of course, there's also super surprising moments that anybody else would probably find really interesting, such as on Ronin. Do I even need to say what that surprising moment is? Like, who the fuck expected the protagonist of Welcome to the Black Parade to be a gremlin from the abyss? It's nuts! When you break it all down, though, despite being made by a commercial success such as Matt Heafy, Ibaraki shows a love and adoration for a genre that many have closed off, maybe even bringing in new fans who might think, well, if this is what some black metal sounds like, what else does the genre offer? Now, I know many true cult metal fans have recoiled at the thought of infidels coming into their ranks, but crawl out of your mom's basement for five minutes and show your new friends a good time. It's okay for new people to get into your favorite genre. All in all, this is hands down one of the best black metal albums I've heard all year, regardless of who's behind it. 15 out of 15, highly recommend you step your toes into this feudal demon's mouth. That came out wrong. Or did it? Depressed Mode, Decade of Silence. Can you guess what the genre is with that band name? If you said anything other than doom metal, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> specifically, they are symphonic doom death metal from Finland, releasing this third album of theirs after 13 years of nothing at all. Starting this album on Death Walks Among Us and you already get a sense of the symphonic aspect of being extremely prominent throughout this piece. And it's absolutely the case. I'm not entirely sure if they hired an actual orchestra or did the 21st century bedroom guitarist move by buying the East-West Sound Library, but the orchestra is a massive part of this slow burn of an album. The riffs from Timu Heinola are slow and chugging, complemented by Henry Hakala's bass, but it's the drums from Ido Aitokoski that are giving this album the slow crawl this genre is known for. To be clear, it's not all Matrix slow motion the entire time, they do go as fast as a mid-tempo groove, but that's basically it. It's no different from most doom metal out there. What I think I like most about this, though, is the incorporation of the orchestra. While Otto Salonen's vocals are for sure a great feature with this rumbling growls and sorrowful cleans, the orchestration adds a sort of cinematic vibe, almost like watching a movie about a guy falling deeper and deeper into a lonely depression and ending the movie at the protagonist's lowest point. Which, um, great movie! 10 out of 10! IGN would game again, man! <laughs> but of course, I wasn't joking about the slow burn part either. If you're the kind of metalhead who needs speed to be injected into your veins, then you're going to be glad that your dickhead friend switched it out with juiced marijuana because this is going to be moving so slow while the THC enters your bloodstream. You should probably get that checked out, by the way. I don't think that can be healthy at all. While this moves slightly faster than you might expect and is easy to digest even if you prefer faster songs, this isn't a punk or thrash album. You're going to be bored to tears if you're not careful. That even being said, I'd still say check it out. Front to back, Decade of Silence is a journey through the depressing world of insert 2020 joke here and it never lets up. If you want a cinematic metal experience, a solid 13 out of 15 should be more than enough to give it a spin. Maybe not a quick spin, but a spin nonetheless. Oh, that opening is so fucking good! Oh, I shit myself! Oh, it's so good! But Hailstorm is not only back 
with a new album, they're back from the fucking dead with it, and they want to make sure you don't ever fucking forget it. And before someone says it, no, I'm fully aware, Hailstorm is not a metal band per se, but since when do metalheads actually stick with conventional labels when the hard rock world can get just as metal when it wants to? I do expect your blasphemous tweets to be coming in my inbox shortly. But no, seriously, you don't want to sleep on Hailstorm this time out. From the title track onward, this album barely lets up in its intensity and sheer fire. Lizzie's voice is still as strong and powerful as ever, and the drums from RJ just as much are contributing to that forcefulness. Of course, we can't forget about Joe Hottinger and Josh Smith's contributions either, they do add quite a bit to this band's sound. While technically Hellstorm actually could easily have been a brother-sister duo the entire time, I don't think we would have gotten such a full and brunt-forced sound from this band without the full lineup we've got. Actually wait, I think they did release music as a duo. Can we play the tape? Wow, that is a drastic shift. You know what? Forget I said anything before. Uh, <laughs> I can't fault them for it. They were like, what, 13 or 11 years old? Who cares? This album front to back is a treat for any Hailstorm fans or any listeners who don't mind diving into the hard rock world a bit. The only gripe that I have is that this album doesn't fix one of the bigger problems that Hailstorm has had for a long time. While it's forceful, you can't feel the energy that these guys actually have when playing live. This has always been a thing that even Corey Taylor of Slipknot pointed out to Lizzie Hale's face. I think your recorded albums do not capture just how awesome you are live, and people don't even realize it. There's something that's so visceral and real that with the right producer, the right recording, it would be probably one of the best rock and roll albums to come out in like 10 years, 15 years, 20. And I can't actually explain why that is, but if I can recommend anything to Lizzie and company to at least maybe get closer to that, have you guys tried recording off the floor? Onto tape? You never know, I'm a good one. Or hell, even just off the floor, live recording. You guys have such an infectious energy live, why not try to capture that and put it to print? Just saying. But really, that's a nitpick more than anything else. While I would like to hear that kind of live energy captured in the studio one day, the fact is that these guys are terrific songwriters who have no problem including clean metal production to get the sound they can really appreciate in a studio setting. With a pretty impressive 14 out of 15, you really can't go wrong with a Hailstorm record. But guys, for real, off the floor. Think about it. Trust me. So Molten Chains is something I wasn't expecting with their new album Orison's of Vengeance. The first thing you notice is the weird hybrid thing we have going on with the death and thrash metal backing, but straight up heavy metal type vocals. You think I'm joking? Did you not hear the music in the opening? You can't fake that! So let's start with what I really enjoyed, the uniqueness I felt in that first track, Hand of God. It's such a huge shock to hear two things that usually don't go together being used together. And I gotta say, being someone who listens to at least 
four or more albums a week, it's a massive breath of fresh air to hear. And as it goes on, it starts to incorporate some thrash elements too, but it still keeps some of that identity of being quirky and weird compared to many of their beer-chugging, made-in screeching peers. And major props to these guys, they keep that kind of insanity going for the entire 36-minute run length. But the downsides of this album is that, well, once the initial shock value wears off, you start to notice its biggest flaw. It feels long, which is particularly weird because this album is the opposite in reality. Kinda like what your girlfriend feels when you fuck her after sending the photo stretch dick pic. Not a smart move in retrospect, eh? After the adrenaline calms down from hearing something completely out there, you really feel it drag, and it kinda lulls you into this sort of slow plotting kind of thing. Like, it really feels way too long, almost like you're looking at the clock the entire time, like, when is this, are we done yet? Is this towards the end of the album? Until the album actually does end and you forget where the fucking time went. I shit the not. It felt so long for me, but then I almost forgot that it's a 36 minute album. So when it ended for me, I was almost impressed because you created an album that was short but felt long, yet still had me realizing, oh yeah, this is a short album. Wow. Like, I almost want to give you bonus points for that if I wasn't questioning whether my ADHD was acting up again. <laughs> for real, ask anybody with ADHD, they'll tell you time blindness is a real hell of a thing. Now, while I am talking massive shit right now, I still think this album was really good. Despite the slow feeling it gave me, including with those 8-minute songs that, let's be honest, probably didn't need to be 8 minutes long, it was a different album from the norm. It has traits that pull from every extreme genre known to Metal Man, but it brings them together in a way that didn't feel jarring or out of place. The off-putting combination of extreme metal instrumentation with heavy metal vocals might take a bit of getting used to for some, but overall, I'll give this a 12 out of 15. It's a really intriguing listen, and one I'd be remiss if I didn't at least recommend once. And that's it for reviews. Like I said earlier, send your emails to teammckay at themetalrobot.com or reach out on my socials for any albums you would like covered on the podcast or on the main YouTube show. Coming up, Sunfire TV will be joining us to talk all things Twitch and bananas. We'll be right back on the Metal Robot Podcast. I want to say I understand, and yet, I'm hurt. If I wasn't rocking out so much, I'd be scared shitless. You broke my cheese on meter 2.0. I wouldn't sleep on this one if you don't identify yourself as Petrucci Butt Pirates. Part MDM, part progressive, part blackened, all fuck. This is not a thrash metal album. Thrash heads expecting a beer-infused fuckfest will have a heart attack. New installment of the fan-favorite series, 10 Second Purge. Only on Metal Robot Reviews. Looking to stay up to date on all things Metal Robot? No, not really. What? Why? I don't listen to metal. How are you listening to this podcast? I thought it was Joe Rogan. We're going to pretend he didn't say that. Follow the show wherever you tread on social media. Facebook and Twitter. At The Metal Robot. Instagram. At The Dot Metal Robot. You can even join the Metal Robot Discord server. We have fun there. Links to all of that and more in the description of this podcast. Follow now. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Tom McKay on the Metal Robot Podcast. Glad you're in the pit for this one. 
You may know my first guest today as Loud Hispanic Chick Drummer, or some of you actually know her as that Toad TikTok, but only the real OGs know her as Banana! And I'm stoked to welcome one of the most popular metal Twitch drummers that's making the elitists shake their phones in anger for twerking to Megadeth, Sophia, aka Sunfire TV, to the Metal Robot Podcast. Son, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so long. When was the first time we did this? Like 2019? Oh my god, the first the first time we actually talked for the show was back in 2020. Oh, right. Yeah, and then we talked again uh, with uh, with Thomas Frank for the podcast as well. That was a few episodes yes. ago. Yeah, actually, yeah. I remember that. That was fun. That was a lot of fun, yeah. I remember actually specifically there were like, uh, when that ended up going up on YouTube, that is like the first podcast on the channel that blew up. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, because I, I had to double check the analytics for it, but uh, I believe the view count now is in the 200s. That's awesome. Hell yeah. So thanks for that. <laughs> really <laughs> awesome, do appreciate awesome. that. Uh, but, but so it's been quite a bit since you were last on the show. Uh, what has happened since the last time you and Thomas were on the show? What's happened with you since the last time you were here? Um, well, if our podcast uh, was in 2021 or 2020. Um, I believe it was 2020. 2020. 2020, 2020, 2020, uh, 2021 <laughs> Thomas, was the last time. Um, well, it's been the same, like I've been doing the same thing on Twitch with costumes and drumming for many years, like since 2018 and you know this, or 19 basically. But um, I guess it was just depending on like the content that blew up, you know, the one that uh, b did blow up for me was uh, Toad. So that's kind of like, the one thing that is different now that I, I kind of uh, realized that with Toad and people loving the, the chaoticness of the stream and everything in the costumes made me realize that I can just be myself and be chaotic and everybody's going to enjoy it, you know, because sometimes I would feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be so loud on stream and like not be so weird in my opinion. Like before Toad blew up, I kind of like would hold on to like a lot of the chaos. But then now with like the voice acting, cause Toad is voice acting, honestly. Yeah. And it's just me being like goofy. I, I now do that more and it's fun. And so I didn't really do that much. I still do. Like if you watch like a lot of the Sunfire old compilations, you can see me doing like, <laughs> like the, you know, different <laughs> voices, <laughs> different voices. Banana didn't exist until uh, late 2021 because November, I went to Arizona and my friend uh, told me about Snapcam uh, program that you can use on stream. And I'm like, I want to try it. And it was fun. And so I found Banana and that was just like, everybody loved it. And then I it evolved. So I guess ever since uh, we spoke last time, it's just been like more, um, you know, the, the stream kind of just uh, blew up in a way. It didn't blow up like to the thousands, but it, it kind of mm -hmm. did uh, make people find me more because of Toad. And I'm grateful for that, you know, like people stick stuck around just because of my drumming and my personality, not just because of one costume. So that's something that it's like the the luck of that time and place and uploading it to TikTok, you know, changed a lot of things. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that that Toad TikTok really blew up. It was covered on like metal magazines. I remember you were sharing that out in this in the Discord. And like it was, it was going everywhere uh, because you were doing Metallica's one with that voice. Uh, so like, what, was that just like something you were like doing offhand, like because you were just uh, you dressed up as Toad for that particular stream, or was that a specific Sunfire goofs off moment? Something that you realized, oh, there's a gap in the market. People need more Toad. 
I honestly just like did that randomly because I think uh, my first Metallica one acapella video that blew up in the summer of 2021, um, you know, kind of, I kept that in mind that people liked the, the, the funny singing and the bad singing on purpose to a, you know, like, cause like Metallica is very well known and there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, like they want to be like, Hey, this is my favorite band. How dare you disrespect it? Those, th those are the viewers that are on one side and then the other side are the, Oh my God, this is hilarious. We need mm -hmm. more of this. So that's why people blew that one up and I kept it in mind and I'm like, let's try that. But now with Toad. And <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be like a big deal. Cause I thought it was just like, and Toad, like the voice is like obnoxious and I understand a lot of people hate it. And you know, it's very screechy and loud, but some people love that because it's hilarious and it's so like, what the hell, you know? <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing so, that and I could not stop replaying. I don't even have TikTok. I was playing like the Instagram version that you uh, that you posted and I could not stop looping it because it was just so fucking funny to me. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was because like just the absurdity of Toad singing Metallica or the fact <laughs> that even when the drums went double time, you still kept going with Toad's voice. I, I think, I don't know why, I could not stop laughing. But of course, I'm not the only person who was doing that, but I've also... That was not the only reaction you got. I believe you were just talking about people also were not happy about that. Yeah, they, like I said, there's a lot of Metallica fans that are very protective of Metallica and they tell whoever it is that butchering that, that song that to stop and like never do it again. This is disrespectful. How <laughs> dare you? And that to me is hilarious. That's why I keep doing yeah. it and I keep calling Metallica Megadeth. And that's <laughs> why. And now people kind of have gotten the gist of that's what I do. And now they go along with it. And every time I upload a, a cover of, I don't know, whatever, like let's say Foo Fighters, they go, oh my God, I love this, uh, you know, Nickelback song. Like whatever, because they always <laughs> change the titles now. They always go with the wrong band, wrong title on purpose now because oh, yeah. they, they know that's my thing now. So that's cool. Everybody's on my side now, like joking. And then there's the new people that find that comment for the first time and they go, excuse me? That's not, you know? Excuse me, how yeah. dare you? <laughs> yes, and so that's funny because I'm making people angry, but I'm entertaining also like half of the people. So it's a 50, actually, you know what? 5% are angry and 95% are happy. So that's how mm -hmm. I see it now. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about that, but I find it funny that like, Metallica fans can get so defensive about whenever Metallica is uh, like not taken seriously. But then when Metallica puts out a new record, they're like, this is the worst Metallica album I've ever heard. Ah, <laughs> bring back, bring back Master of Puppets. Like shit like that, you know? Like, I just find it funny how inconsistent most Metallica fans can be on the internet. It's kind of, it kind of amazing, don't you think? Tool fans are like that extreme too. It's just like really? those bands are just, you know, they're untouchable, but you want to touch the funny parts of the, I mean, the, the, those, <laughs> those bands, touch the funny parts of those bands and then make these people angry. And it's hilarious. Cause I remember I uploaded a cover of me doing uh, 46 and two on TikTok. Uh, mm -hmm. And then somebody was just like, I can't believe you uploaded something like this. This is so mediocre. Like if you want to cover tool, you better do it note for note. And I was like, Okay, let's do it better. And then I just, you know, I upload it. I, I respond because you respond to comments on TikTok and then that person mm -hmm. sees it and they get even angrier or they just block you. And then I just block them because who cares? Yeah. But I uploaded another version of, of that song with Cowbell and like <laughs> double time. I just changed the whole thing. So that's why it's like funny just because it's funny to see how seriously people take music and yeah. they have no sense of humor. 
And then that, in a way, on TikTok, when you reply to comments like that, it brings more viewers and more clicks in because they see that there's like a an argument or somebody's getting heated. And so they they watch the video and then they either support me. Most of the time they do. Like, because mm -hmm. I'm doing something that is so like I'm I'm having fun with the the salty comments because that creates content and also uh, more people get to see like my humor and and it's kind of like a double win when there's like angry people obviously I won't reply to I think one time I replied to a guy that said oh and this video got a lot of views it was a toad video and he was like this is obnoxious I think it was the Metallica toad video so I replied to that this is obnoxious comment with another toad video and that one also got more views and so like it was kind of like there's a lot of traffic going on in January of this year so with those toad yeah to toad's been going crazy and the funny thing is like this sunfire craze as you mentioned only began recently like summer of 2021 but you've actually been doing like this cosplay stuff with the funny voices and all around like goofy trolling demeanor for years now since arguably mm -hmm. uh, since you started doing drumming including on TikTok when that started up. But mm -hmm. why do you think it's only now like people are like, oh yeah, that's pretty funny. Like, do you think it's because of Toad doing Metallica I, or what do you think it is? I don't know. I think it's like, it, I sometimes think about if I never really dressed up as Toad and I never uploaded to TikTok, I don't know if I would have the same amount of new viewers and new, like I doubled or I think it was tripled my viewership on Twitch because a lot of people keep coming from TikTok. I found your TikTok. You're so funny. And then they watch on Twitch and then they stay there and they, they watch on Twitch. And like one video completely just ever since it was that, it was that since the Toad, like it was just, I don't know if I would be here if it wasn't for Toad. I don't know if I should say that or what would it ever happen if it wasn't for Toad? Would I be here? Bless if the oh holy Toad. Thank you. <laughs> I, like, I don't understand. Like it's crazy to know that so many people loved it and mm -hmm. I, and there's articles on polygon now like yeah no it's just so crazy to know that one video with one costume like i why didn't it happen with the dinosaur i thought that was hilarious That's yeah the dinosaur like right the dinosaur you or the know? sumo wrestler i was sharing the yeah. like sumo wrestler clips with friends and they were fucking dying <laughs> i know that was funny and there is a video actually that got a lot of views of the sumo with me doing like some sort of giant sticks too, like drumming giant sticks. I combine <laughs> yeah, a lot of those things. That. And then I'm like, you know, just like bouncing. Or I think it was the pink, you know, the, the Kirby, Kirby, cause it was just a big yeah. pink ball. But like, there's so many costumes that I, in my opinion, thought they were hilarious. And I'm like, this is it. I'm going to go viral and never <laughs> did. And never did until I didn't think Toad would go viral. I just uploaded it like I normally do. Every yeah. stream I sit down here and I look at the VOD because I don't save it on Twitch because of copyright music. Mm -hmm. So I clip and I make those little clips a TikTok upload. And then that's every time I every that's every every I can't talk. Every time yeah. I end the stream, I go and I clip something from the stream and I upload it to TikTok. I've been doing that for for a while now, and that's the one time that it blew up. So mm. I don't know. It's weird what people actually find funny and shareable, I guess. Because I don't know. I again, right? I thought the sumo wrestler T Rex inflatable costumes were fucking hilarious, just because yeah. of the absurdity of trying to drum in those fucking behemoths. <laughs> yeah, how, I know. How hard is it to actually move in those things? It's hard because, like the dinosaur face, it's bouncing oh. a lot. There's like the space in front of my face, which is like the transparent 
plastic thing I have, sometimes that transparent plastic has like the 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 seam. It's like sewed, it, it very weird, and so sometimes it scratches my face. So that happens, oh. or it just keeps bouncing off my. So I just have to like. You know, just keep my composure and try to like stay on time, even though it's uncomfortable. Because I think what I mostly like focus on is to just follow the song, and it doesn't matter if I hit the rim instead or. Yeah, a lot of the times it gets in the way. Like with the sumo wrestler, the mm -hmm. belly is on top of the snare. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just that a makes drumming a bit more difficult, doesn't it? <laughs> The fupa is on the snare. Yeah, and I'm trying yeah to the fupa is on the snare. <laughs> it's hard, but I try to do. Well, they also get extremely hot, don't they? Like it's, especially mm, yeah. when you're doing like so much physical activity, it, it must get yeah. really like, like it's true. super warm in there. They do, they do. I had to remove the, I think it was the, one of them. I had to be like, oh my God, let me take a break and get out of here for a second. I think it was a dinosaur that I had to unzip and just stay unzipped for like five minutes and then go back and then the Pikachu one. Do you remember? Mm. Did you see the time that I couldn't get out of the Pikachu? Yeah, I, I think it was there in the comments when it happened, like in the chat when yeah, that happened. Yeah, the, the zipper was terrible. Like I couldn't unzip it from inside, and I'm like, yeah. yelling, like I'm trying to get out. <laughs> it's like shit. I'm gonna have to live the rest of my life like this. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Yeah. Can, can you imagine going to like family dinners in a Pikachu costume? <laughs> Just complete ADHD side note. <laughs> I want to, but I don't know if I should. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, if that ever happens, like, like take a picture and post it on the internet, that will go viral. That'll turn into a yeah. meme uh, on its oh own. Oh my God. No, you know what? The Pikachu at the mosh pit, I need to do that, even though they're yes. already dead. But I, I want to do that someday. Like some people say like, you should, you should wear the toad hat at a mosh pit and just go in there and like, ah! you know, like, <laughs> I need to, I don't know if I will this time because I'm going to go see Trivium on Tuesday and I need to decide whether I do it or not because I know like people around me are going to be, be so weirded out. Like, but at the same time, you have to not care about what the people around you think. Most of them are going to think it's hilarious. Yeah. Some of them are going to be like, it's kind of like those YouTubers that do the public stunts and stuff. Mm -hmm. They don't care who what people are thinking when they look at them weird, you know? So, if anything, that creates like better video content because all of a sudden, like you see the camera zoom in on people's reactions of like, what is, what the fuck is that dude doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm just so shy for public stuff, but I got to maybe get into that sometime in the future. Maybe that would be it. pretty cool, but that would be pretty cool. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like this whole thing has obviously uh, going viral. Has it affected things on Twitch? You've obviously seen the influx in viewers, uh, but have you thought, uh, have you seen the influx and thought, this is weird and changed up how you conduct yourself? Or is it just business as usual and you just continue being a, a troll? Uh, yeah, I mean, like there's that change that more eyes are on me now. Um, you know, you never know if there's going to be like, potential sponsors lurking and like watching how I act and if would they want to sponsor with me and stuff like that. But I don't think I've had like that happen with like people that never have sponsored me before. Only my current sponsors uh, with Rode, you know, they are in the chat and stuff. Um, you know, sometimes I kind of like my stream is PG-13. So, you know, mm -hmm. like mild sexual jokes are allowed and all that. But like, I obviously tried to be, you know, like, I don't, I don't like there's just the streamer personality and then the off stream personality like you can joke with your friends like there's a lot of the dark humor that I do off stream and stuff but like you know I I 
try to keep it professional and everything because you never know who's watching. And, you know, a lot of the stuff is just like a lot of people get, you know, it's weird because like, do you do you do all of it? You're like fully go as yourself or do you kind of like you have to keep some of it inside and just be like a public figure because right. there's just like some things that. I don't know. There's just, unfortunately, a lot of people get offended about a lot of things. So I try not to go with like the dark humor too much on stream. Yeah. Well, not to uh, mention, of course, like when there's money involved, obviously things mm -hmm. change pretty quickly. Yeah. I just let the chat joke around, around, you know, with themselves and stuff. And like, I'll, I'll laugh at some stuff and then whatever. But, um, but like me with the microphone, that's like the main thing people hear is my voice. So like, I try to keep it a little bit on the, on the gray area. And also there's a lot of creators that like go ham with like, you know, like Samus, he just goes full. Like he, he told me actually, he goes, Oh yeah. One of my sponsors asked me specifically not to say dildo. <laughs> like, <laughs> so things like that, you know, like you have to kind of like, you know, do you want the sponsorship or not? You got to change a couple of things about your vocabulary, but whatever. It's not too bad. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with the toad and like people coming to me with like, you know, business opportunities for like sponsorships. A lot of times I don't understand contracts. So I had to talk to Kelborn, uh, my husband. Uh, mm -hmm. He is a mod in my chat also um, for the people that are watching. I know you know him, but yeah, yeah. we were like, do we kind of just look for an agent now? Like, uh, you know, talent manager, stuff like that. I think that we, we would be better off if we had uh, extra hand, a little help when it comes to like contract reading and like, you know, do we sign with this person? Do we not? And so having an agent ever since Toad has helped with like bringing new people, like new sponsorships and like asking them, Hey, does this sound legit? Is this weird? Like, can you give me your, your kind of like your knowledge on that? So that so was you, something. Wait, so wait, do you have an agent now or is mm -hmm. that just hypothetical? Oh, wow. When did, yeah, it, when did this happen? Right after Toad, because I did get a person reach out to me before Toad actually with the Metallica video that they found the Capella one. Uh, that they wanted to use it for the Metallica 40th anniversary concert as an intermission like video. And they gave me all these like terms. And basically they said that they would own my image no matter what and stuff like that. So I'm like, I oh. wish I had an agent at this, you know, this point in time, I didn't have an agent. So I declined because it didn't, Kellen was the one that was telling me like the whole legal stuff and how it didn't make sense to sign anything uh, that they would own your image after, you know, you would give them the video for yeah. a Metallica show, right? Like, I don't want people to own anything image-wise about of me, so Well, especially because, like, you don't know if that would end up coming back to bite you when it comes to your streams. Because all of a sudden, yeah. like, do they now own your streams? Do they own what you do on Twitch or TikTok? Mm -hmm. You and never know. So it, I guess it is, like, it, it very much is, actually, who am I kidding? It is a better move to have yeah. that go through, like, a talent agent who maybe would be able to decipher that a lot easier. Uh, yeah. But has it actually like helped with this kind of stuff uh, going forward? Yeah. Yeah. So the talent agent looks at like people that email me with, uh, you know, potential sponsorships and they tell me, yeah, this is a good deal. Or, Hey, let's do like a three-way email and then let's like negotiate a better deal. So things like that happen now more. Um, you know, I got the HelloFresh like uh, one month thing um, that I was doing the cooking sponsorship. And then that was fun. Like, I don't think I would have ever had that if I was alone. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't have ever like reached out to them. So that was like the agent that found it for me. So things like that, they find, you know, uh, sponsorships uh, and sponsors that are looking for like short term things and stuff like that, which I'm down, you know. And uh, I think this whole thing with like Toad and, and Twitch subs increasing and sponsorships paying uh, for, you know, temporary 
streams and sponsored sponsorship streams has been helping towards, you know, my final goal and my ultimate thing is to move yes. out of this house and get a studio. So it's been helping a lot for that. And I tell people on the stream every day that their subscriptions and everything that they do to support helps towards getting to that dream of me getting the studio and the acoustic set. So mm -hmm. that's the thing I'm focused on right now is just keeping my eye on that and saving up and all that. So everything's been helping with that. May I ask how close you are to that dream? Because I know like th this dream of yours has been going on for quite a while now. Yeah, I know. Uh, so we finally, uh, after filing the taxes, taxes this year, I we kind of like, you know, we, we, we were like, we're going to talk, or Kelvin was like, I'm going to talk to a contact agent that is a real estate agent. And so he gave us uh, pretty much like a picture, a big picture of what it would be if we filed another tax year and show that income after this year that I think that we would get a better loan for a house in 2023, early 2023 would be like possibly the time that I think that that would happen. So I'm telling people like, I think one more year and we'll file taxes and then show that for the loan. And then maybe they'll, they'll give us not, I don't want to say maybe, but like we, it sounded like it was pretty uh, possible. And wow. I want that to be a thing. I want to believe it. I want to, I want to stay positive that that's like early 2023 is the day or the time that I will finally reach that. So yeah, that's, that's the news so far with that, you know, with, with the house. So. Well, hopefully it gets uh it, it gets to that point because I know you've been wanting to do that for, uh, God, how long yeah. now? Like, how long have you been talking about it on stream? Well, um, I moved here in 2018, and then 2019 was cool. 2021, you know, um, was okay, and then 2020, like we were starting, like okay, it's been three years. We should like look into our two years. Sorry, you know, look into it. 2021. Sorry, 2020, 2021 has been three years. Okay. And, th and so mm -hmm. we were kind of keeping that in mind. Um, but it's just like a lot of the issues with this house, just it's a very old house. And so 2021 was just like, okay, we gotta, we gotta make this happen soon. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's better to own a house, but like to rent it at this point when, with our ages, like it's better to just save up to like buy a house instead of renting. But I mean, it's whatever people can afford at, whatever age there are, but that's our mentality right now that we don't want to rent anything. We could move out of here and rent something, but no, we're just waiting to get the the better deal. So. Right. Uh, it's so like going back to the, the viral success that you've seen so far, everyone seems to have a notion of what going viral means or, or seeing some f sort of success and fame, including uh, how it affects one's personality. Uh, from what I'm, from what I'm understanding right now, you haven't begun morphing, slowly morphing into Kanye West and to just be on every stream. I am a God. You seem pretty humble still. Is that actually like, have you noticed any of that, like maybe transpiring or are you still as humble as ever? I mean, yeah, because why would I, I mean, <laughs> banana, my character, but I do, I do say that I'm proud of everything that I've built, but you know, you should stay humble. A lot of people are very cocky and that's kind of like their personality. I do sort of like act uh, a little cocky when it comes to like, I know that I've built a lot of, you know, uh, from the ground up my gear. I'm proud of it. There's, it's right. totally fine. Right. To but say that's not that really egotistical, something. is it? That's more like, you know, you act, it's, it's a statement of fact. You've, you actually have yeah. like built this I up from the ground. I only state facts. Yeah. Because I, I, why would you, I don't know. I don't like when people act like that. And so I right. try not to be what I don't like. 
but mm-hmm. have you seen streamers do that? Because I, I don't know who was. There like- was one. I still remember like at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was unemployed. There was one streamer who was like talking about how like out being out of work, there's no excuse for not subscribing or donating. And I, and that clip oh. went viral. Do you remember that? It was like it's a, a girl, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think you yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about. That clip went viral. It was talked about everywhere. And mm. it was one of those things like- Very yeah. shallow. I'm sorry? It was very shallow to say that. Yeah. Absolutely. Because especially at the timing of it too, when everyone yeah. was like the unemployment rate, I know, especially in the US was so mm-hmm. high at the time. Yeah. Yeah, but I obviously you haven't. You obviously, you haven't gone that route, which I think is uh is pretty good. No, you- I always say this to people in my stream: is hey, if you cannot donate or subscribe at this moment, there's, that's totally fine. What right. matters to me is that you're here enjoying the stream and you're just watching. Even if you don't chat, you're lurking and you're enjoying it. You have it open for a reason. Whatever reason it is, if you're enjoying it, I'm happy, and that makes like the stream is what it is because of you and all the lurks, you know, like I count everybody that has it open. Like even if they're not chatting, if that not donating, if they're not subscribing mm-hmm. and then that's just all you got to do is just, you know, randomly one day I just got a $3,000 donation and that went to savings. Wow. Like I'm like, I told the person like, Holy crap, this has never happened to me. And like, you never expect those things, you know? Yeah. No, of but, course like, you why don't would expect I say, those kind of things. Yeah, I would never say, like, yeah, you guys should be doing, like, no, that's stupid. You just got to do your thing, and then random things happen. Random acts of, uh, you know, love and donations happen randomly. And that's just how it is. You cannot tell people to do what, you know, that's messed up in my my It's sort of like, just like, the donation button is there if you want it, but it's not something that you're, like, requiring for... Uh, for you to be able to comment or str- or watch the stream or lurk, it's not like yeah. uh, like oh if you're here you must have clicked it at least once right like that's not or like there's the chats that sub only and stuff or like follow only I never enable those <laughs> things it's free for everybody you can I have noticed anything. that there's a lot <laughs> which is pretty good actually I, I I I like the fact that you can get so many people like in the community just is interacting in the chat and you're able to see interact mm-hmm. with them as well. I think that really yeah. does help build the community even further. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause you I, can I, do I like sub only streams and stuff like that, but don't have it all the time. Enjoy yeah. Yeah. Well, sub only streams, like that's most, I know most like streamers, like, like high end, like Jacksepticeye level streamers will usually have that mm-hmm. enabled if they yeah. want to slow down the chat as much as possible, which doesn't fucking work because it still fucking zooms by yeah, yeah, like yeah. a fucking Sonic the Hedgehog, right? But it's like, yeah. It, but even then, like, I haven't really seen that much happening on on your Twitch chat. I've and never done that. I've never done a sub only. Uh, right. And only, su- like, slow mode is enabled. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, like, not so much anymore. It used to be, like, pretty fast, like, at the beginning of Toad Hype. But it's kind of, like, you know, died down a little bit. And I'm saying that, like, it, it's just been really good still. But I'm saying that I think people have become less, uh, like... There's a lot of lurkers and there's like the main core chatters that are still around, which I interact with. And whoever wants to chat, they want to chat. But like at the beginning, there was just like a lot of chatting and they, they the mods had to put it in slow mode. Yeah. I think it's like when you get raided for the first time with like a thousand viewers and it's just like, pop, 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 pop. <clears throat> and that happens sometimes, you know, so. But yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And you know what? Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do at some point. All right, we're gonna stop right there. That was part one of my interview with Sunfire TV. Check out all of her links in the description and do subscribe to the podcast to hear part two coming up next week. Stick around, Scattered Hamlet will be back later on, but first, we got news of the week coming right up on the Metal Robot Podcast. This week's Metal News Recap is brought to you by My Sanity. Everything is so depressing! Why? To stay up to date with the latest in the metal scene, check out TheMetalRobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. Now, back into the podcast. Presented by TheMetalRobot.com, this is MRP News. Big stories this week outside of the metal world, and it seems it's forcing its way into our society like a conservative judge forcing their way into a woman's uterus. Oh, I'm sorry, did I spoil the first story? The protests continue across the country in response to the leaked draft opinion on Roe versus Wade, which was published by Politico. I'm pro-life because I'm a human being. I don't believe that it is the state that should intervene with its heavy hand mm. and make the decision. Yeah, we can't avoid this, <laughs> no matter how much I want to. So, okay, this podcast is not a place to have real-world discussions without, well, being an adult. So I'm going to just preface this by saying I don't care what side of this issue you're on, whether you're pro-choice or pro-life, this story is, in general, huge. So to recap for those wondering what the fuck is going on, Roe v. Wade is an old American court case that set a precedent about abortion rights in America, basically allowing Americans the right to abortions if they want it, and it was a huge case and judges left and right, even if they are opposed to it, have agreed that the precedent is set. That's important to note because a leaked Supreme Court document shows Supreme Justice Alito announcing the decision to overturn that ruling, citing a bunch of different things that, let's be honest, I don't care about because who gives a shit, it's leaked, it's here, and we have the decision now. They basically want to overturn it in June or July, and some of those justices who voted to overturn it had previously stated said precedent when running to be inducted to the Supreme Court, leaving many to question if Supreme Court justices perjured themselves to get on the highest court of the land for life. Now, that's a discussion that's left for more uh, mature audiences, I guess. This is, not, uh, this is not the kind of discussion we should be having on a comedy podcast. Now, there have been many reactions left and right about this from politicians, focusing way more on the leak than anything else for some reason, to late-night talk show hosts trying desperately to remain funny while talking about abortion rights, to the court of the internet being more diverse and polarized than ever despite Justice Alito claiming that abortion rights is what caused it, and even rock and metal musicians and artists reacting to it. Recently, of course, we saw David Draymond chime in with his point, showing that he's pro-choice, while also not being on either side. What? Like, okay, okay, so you're pro-choice, but you also aren't taking a side. What? But of course, it's not all about whether or not someone's pro-choice or not. Again, many focusing on the leak from different angles, such as Zach Myers tweeting in response to Draymond, quote, Leaks happen for purposes of chaos and panic, period. With Draymond rightly pointing out, quote, There would have been chaos and panic whenever this one got out, leaked or otherwise. I mean, he is right. Like I said, there is a lot of passionate opinions about this topic. And look, 
Think what you want on this, but let's make sure we're clear on what we should be focusing on. This is not a story about a leak, despite what people seem to think it is. To take a quote from Legal Eagle's paraphrasing, The leak is a story, but it's not the story. The story here is the overturning of this major precedent as it's going to affect every discussion on the subject going forward, especially white families at the 4th of July barbecues. Now, the story is also about whether or not the Supreme Justices who voted for this, while also talking about it being an important precedent, perjured themselves in the running for Supreme Court justice. Now, who knows at this point, I'm going to leave that discussion for legal analysts everywhere to nerd over until someone takes action to make that crystal clear. Then in bands that can't keep their members longer than 5 seconds, let's talk about Cradle of Filth. Yep, the band parted ways with two more members this week, which isn't the shocking news. It's actually kind of sad that's not the shocking part. Seriously, Danny, what's going on over there? <clears throat> uh, the shocking part is that one of the people leaving the band was Annabelle Retney. Many Cradle fans were actually really happy with her on the last album, Existence is Futile, and it seems Cradle talked her up pretty greatly when she was introduced. But nope, as of the 4th of May, she and guitarist Richard Shaw are gone. This was announced in a statement from Danny Filth, where he acknowledged Richard's reasoning being because of other commitments, though as Metal Sucks pointed out, there are no other commitments to be found. Also, they never actually gave a reason for why Annabelle is leaving, other than announcing her successor, who was announced to be Zoe Mary Fedorov. Now, will they be able to keep Zoe and Donnie Burbage, who is filling in for Richard? Probably not. This band is notorious for being the Danny Filth show with an ever-changing backing band. But who knows, really? I'm pretty sure we all know the answer, but who knows? Anything can happen. We already know what's going to happen. Fate knows, and so do all of us thanks to Wikipedia's band member timeline. Seriously, if you haven't seen Wikipedia's timeline graph for members, look at it at some point. It's insane. Okay, so I want to touch on this one really quickly because it's so fucking funny. Basically, Bob Larson, who's an evangelist, self-proclaimed exorcist, and pastor of the Spiritual Freedom Church in Phoenix, Arizona, has gone on a normal one lately. This particular clip went viral recently in relation to the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial going on right now. Now, you might be thinking, why is a pastor talking about domestic abuse? And please tell me he thinks Amber Heard is right so I can confirm he's batshit crazy. Well, that's not what he's talking about, but don't worry, you can still call him batshit crazy. I'ma play the full clip for you here because it's worth hearing every single word coming out of his mouth. Take a listen. There are such things as real pirate demons. I don't see them much in the mainland U.S. But when I'm in a coastal city, or when I'm ministering in the Caribbean, I see lots of pirate demons, and I've encountered them and cast them out. So this whole Jack Sparrow role, there's a bit of truth to that. And I wonder, did Depp get actual pirate demons from playing his Jack Sparrow role? Excellent. No notes. Just the right amount of batshit with a pound of crazy. Excellent. This clip, of course, was posted to Christian underscore nightmares on Instagram, and the top comments include, quote, that's enough internet for today, and I hate it here, which is exactly the kind of response I would have hoped for in this. I expected nothing less, and you delivered. I salute thee. 
Then in tour news, if you want to see some metalcore and you didn't hate that last A Day to Remember record, they're going on tour. It was announced yesterday that the band will be joined by Beartooth, Bad Omens, The Ghost Inside, The Used, Movements, and Mongolia Park. I'll leave a link in the podcast description to all the show dates and which bands will be at that particular venue, though I do want to point out the fact that they're only doing two shows here in Canada, and I think it's slightly insulting, yet also completely understandable at the same time. I don't blame you. The tour starts on the 27th of July and will continue until the 29th of October. If you're interested, see if they're playing near you during that time. Tickets go on sale May 12th at 10am local time, according to a Facebook post, which, as someone who doesn't know where the fuck their local time is, means dip to me. But if you want to do the pre-sale access instead, you can join their Discord, which can be found on the band's Facebook post. Hello, rock and roll fans. I'm honored to be standing inside the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm here to announce our 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is now a topic of conversation within the metal community again, as the top five artists in the class of 2022 have been decided by voters, and get this, you're gonna be so shocked. Judas Priest and Rage Against the Machine didn't make the top five. What shocker is that? Though Judas Priest came so damn close, only roughly like 30,000 votes behind Dolly Parton, who was number five. Actually, at the time of recording this, I do have to make a bit of amendment here. They were inducted into a different category of musical excellence, but still many people were not satisfied with that. Now, there have been reactions all over about this, many of whom are questioning why Judas Priest and Rage were snubbed by the votes, and the answer, I can tell you right now, is probably as simple as it seems. People didn't vote. We as metalheads see these kinds of institutions as, quote, not the true judges of great metal music, which I'm fully aware when said out loud is so elitist to say, but it's true. We think this way about the Hall of Fame, the Grammys, and any other institution with votes to determine a winner of a reward. Now, the problem is that when that happens, those who don't think like that immediately see moments like this when their favorite bands aren't inducted as a betrayal of the metal ideals and a denial of our community. I mean, I'm not saying that doesn't exist, <coughs> but in the case of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we kind of fucked ourselves here. So, if you are one of the many beer-chugging metalheads who are disappointed with this, or even if you think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doesn't matter, who cares? We have a chance in these kinds of races to have some sort of impact in the mainstream culture. Besides, if we don't, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will continue to induct the artists who aren't considered rock when there's even the slightest chance that we can get a metal band who has had a significant impact on rock and metal to get recognized for how epic and amazing and impactful that we truly are. All right, and that about does it for this week's news. Send your reactions and comments to any of the stories talked about on my socials at The Metal Robot on Facebook and Twitter. Also, check out TheMetalRobot.com for more news and press that can be found throughout the week. Don't go anywhere. Scattered Hamlet will be joining us in a moment. This is The Metal Robot Podcast. Have you been on YouTube looking for reviews and thought, Wow, I'm so bored. Then you haven't watched Metal Robot Reviews. I missed the part where I'm no longer bored. Well, take a look. Simple. 
balls. I'm gonna offend so many people. Shit, I was supposed to review that, wasn't I? Fuck! I don't know what that was. You just played a bunch of clips. And it's all on YouTube. Wait, who was that? Don't ask, just subscribe. Search up Metal Robot Reviews on YouTube to find all the latest videos in the metal scene, including metal reviews, reactions, interviews, and the fan favorite 10 second purge. Subscribe now. Metal addicts call it symbiosis between extreme metal and classical music. Cult Metal Flick says cinematic landscapes collide with atmosphere. Tom McKay says it's the reason my veins are filled with caffeine. Wait, what? I can't help it! I'd rather write awesome metal than sleep! Give me a fucking ambient, please! Call to the Demon Sultan is out now on all streaming platforms. And while you're at it, pick up some cool merch by going to metalrobotreviews.creatorspring.com or check the links in the podcast description. Stream now. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. We're back with Scattered Hamlet. In the last episode, we spoke about the band's origins, the shenanigans they got up to, which includes huffing Jakar to write music. And all in all, it was a chaotic interview. And we get to wrap that up here. Here is the Scattered Hamlet podcast, part two. I know you guys tend to incorporate, aside from the metal instrumentation, you guys also incorporate a couple other things that are traditionally not of the metal genre. I have a personal favorite that I that I have but what what was your favorite non-metal instrument to bring on specifically I know with uh with uh, uh stereo overthrow yeah train whistle I think train whistle this fella right here Jesus that's a that's a train whistle this is a jaws harp and this is one of the most amazing Appalachian instruments of all time Funny thing is, that's actually my favorite, to be honest. And it's only because I didn't know, I saw in the promo specifically that uh, that Rich is the one who plays the jaw harp, correct? Well, well, actually, I played it in the studio. Oh, you played it in the studio. And then Rich went home and mastered it and then asked to come back and overdub my jaws harp. And like, and I'm like, we're not overdubbing the jaws harp. And then he played all the stuff he learned how to do. And I was like, okay, we're overdubbing the jaws harp. We overdubbed the jaws harp. Oh, my God. Yeah, because because I, I saw like in the promo description uh, that I saw like uh, that the jaw the jaws harp was there. He, like, he goes, "I want to be credited with playing jaws harp." Like, dude, I thought that elevated the album, and we're definitely gonna do this. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> but I saw that in the, like the promo lineup, and I was like, I didn't know what the fuck it was to be honest, because I'm from I'm from like the suburbs of Canada. Like, uh, I don't know jack shit about that instrument. I looked it up afterwards, and I'm like, oh, I think I know what this is. But at the same time, it's even also, then, it's sometimes called a juice harp, which isn't anti-Semitic. It's, it's no, no, a, no. It's a slang for it. But uh, but that's why when people ask us, because we already look like hillbillies, you don't want to be like thrown around a word like that because they'd be like, whoa, brother. I'm like, no, no, no. That's what <laughs> so we call it a jaws harp. It's a jaw harp, you know. But uh, yeah. but yeah, so it's one of the two like, uh, you know, uh, things. But but um, I believe I, I just want I just want to throw this out there. You said you're from a suburbs of Canada. There's there's some amazing things I like to discuss about Canada right now. Oh boy, here we and go. Okay, <laughs> one of them is that I stand by and, and I will stand on this mountain until someone pushes me over. Brian Adams' Reckless album is a fucking masterpiece. Hard to argue but, with that. That is amazing. That that record from freaking top to bottom. I bust that. You bust out Summer '69. I get the white man overbite going. I love that shit. Canada <laughs> is giving us many awesome things. I can start rattling off, but I won't bore you with that because you already live there and you know. <laughs> but for anybody who doesn't know, we just like we got Rush, we've got Triumph, we've got freaking Brown, we've got freaking Corey Park, we got Snow, Trailer Park Boys. Snow won't turn a former. Oh, fucking Trailer Park Boys is awesome. 
We have a song uh, called Green Bastard. We actually wrote about Bubbles. Yes. Boys, pro wrestling. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that, that was, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, we, we, we're, we're, we're big fans of uh, Nate toured on guitar with us for a long time. Was uh, He was from Canada. Uh, and then he got he got deported back to Kenny's. <laughs> so I've been playing most of his guitar parts. Oh my god! Oh fuck! That's all. <laughs> All right, sorry, uh, that was my Canadian tangent. I just got really. That's okay. Crazy. Hey, you know what? Any chance to talk about Canada on this show is amazing. I love doing that. And also, when Charles Bronson played the Mad Trapper in Death Hunt, when he went out there with his and when yeah. he went out there with freaking Apollo Creed, and uh, <laughs> he's, he's Apollo Creed. He went out with Apollo Creed. He was Mountie. That's one of the greatest movies of all time. Like I watched that shit, and it, it makes me very happy. I actually have the same rifle upstairs because I saw Charles Bronson. <laughs> Death hunt. Like sometimes I just walk around my yard with a trapper hat on. Just freaking scare people. Death hunt. Death hunt. Be like, yeah. Death hunt. Yeah. Pull them. I'll pull them cold fillings out of your teeth. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, right. Anyways, so. So uh, going back to what I mentioned, you I mentioned that you that you talked with uh that uh Jay that Aussie metal guy, uh and in that in that video you talked about uh uh, Adam specifically you talked about uh, how the music video making process is not really your thing. Uh, what aspect of it is not for you? Like, is there an individual thing that you're just like, it turns you off from it? Or is it the whole process that you're not into? Well, the, the funny thing is, I love music videos. Like, I could sit there, and I do. Like, for hours, I will watch music videos. I think they're the most amazing things. And it's like, a lot of times, like, it, it can it can get me into a band that I necessarily, you know, just, right. you know, might have not given a chance otherwise. But for me, the whole process of sitting there, like anything that involves like telling, you know, I've done TV stuff and movie shit. It's all so fucking long and boring. Like you're just there and you have to do things over and over again. You're lip syncing your own music, which is just so bizarre. Oh. And, it's, and it's just, it, it's the longest day, you know, like it, it's, they're just, it, it's, to me, it's just not my thing. Like, I love the way they come together and I'm always so glad we did it. But like the whole, the whole process to me is just, uh, is not one of my favorite things to do. I mean, maybe these guys, you know, like it better. I don't know. It was pretty sweet how we got we got dressed up in black and gold paint. Yeah, no, no, no. That, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty sweet. That made the day a little more tolerable. But other than that, yeah, then you got hillbilly children like us running around black metal paint, all chasing each other with swords and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, real swords. Yeah, they gave us like real swords, so like you know, someone's <laughs> like, getting was someone's mistake. getting hit with something like next year, ching. <laughs> like it's like, <laughs> like then they're like retouching up our makeup and stuff, you know? <laughs> like, dude, don't stab me. <laughs> I stab your into a whole yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. So anyway, that was pretty cool, you know. And we were down. Uh, we're, we're filming it close to Blacksville, West Virginia. And, um, that, that area is known for a, a poor little girl who got killed for like, somebody killed her for Slender Man or some crazy shit like that. That's most oh, famous. Oh shit. Yeah. I heard about that. Most famous. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. That, that happened in this little weird ass town in West Virginia. We were just outside of that. So, uh, yeah. So that's like, if you go to their Wikipedia page, it's like notable people and you click on it, they're like, Oh, someone killed for Slender Man. Very bizarre and terrible. And all, you know, but it was like, that's. You know, so we kind of were like, you know, we're in the sticks, you know, like that, that was, uh, you know, we want to go like film down there by the, by the meth trailers and stuff. You know, I'm like, get, get my gun, man. You know? <laughs> like, get my 45. Freaking, get, get out of here, meth head. <laughs> Put a uh, laser on you. 
I love this. Uh, but you guys, old, I have to use the laser beam on my pistol. You know, like, you use, get now. Yeah. <laughs> is it on you? Yeah, is it on, it's you? on you. You see it? <laughs> Tell me what's there. I'm going to put one in you. Even, even better, make sure the laser is uh, adjusted properly, because otherwise, if it's pointed at you, just misses you by, like, 45 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> I got my shit out man. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, next one, you guys have been, uh, I, you guys have been clearly in the industry for quite some time. Uh, you've seen the shit from the shit. What is something about the industry today that you would hope would change by the near future? <laughs> yeah, now we're getting to the real questions. Yeah. Buckle in. You're only here for the ride. <laughs> You know, honestly, I mean, I mean, for me, and it's, you can see it starting to come back a little bit. Like, uh, um, I, I know, I know you can't like go back in time for like, you know, like the way things were and stuff, but like there, I don't know, there's just, people are starting to get excited about vinyl again. And, mm. and like, there's just something cool about a physical product. You know, you know what I mean? Like that, that actually like, you have this big thing with piece art. I have a huge vinyl collection upstairs. So I was really excited about that. You know? So for me, I, I still like the art. And what I mean by that is the art of making an album instead of just a single to go to Spotify, you know, like to be like, here's a, here's your algorithm single. Like, I wish that we could get more back into like full album artistry. And the only way to really right. do that is if an album is, is valued as an album and not just the algorithm that it can match on something. else. So I think for me, it would be, you know, hearing, I mean, imagine like think of how much music we could be missing because of non album stuff like pink floyd dark side of the moon that that's a oh, fucking that would Shook be the finish so what, what are they gonna do like pink floyd goes to a fucking goes to a label now and 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 dave gilmore and and freaking roger waters they're sitting there they're like oh you know let's just uh let's just take money and release that as a single you know <laughs> that's, that's too long people yeah, would like, riot <laughs> yeah they're like yeah just money is a single and then we're gonna put this song here and we'll We'll release that first and then we'll have like a B side and it, it, it would be ridiculous. The whole point of that, the whole epicness of that album and everything about it would be completely lost because it, it would, it's not from top to bottom. It's not a journey. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, when you come around to the second side of uh, Power Slave and freaking Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner and there what comes around and you're like, oh yeah, you know, like that. <laughs> yeah. It's just a different thing. And I, I just think a lot of that's, you know, uh, lost right now yeah. you know oh oh yo, 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 yo. okay so you know how like uh you know how like tv shows on streaming platforms as well will release an episode a week right right can you imagine if pink floyd did that with the fucking wall yeah yeah you fuck yeah. that <laughs> yeah it's 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 uh you know and honestly like you know you said like different influences you know like for me uh you know dave gilmore is one of my favorite guitar players of all time because he doesn't need to play all the notes. He just plays the right ones at the right time. Yes. Like he's, he's a sniper. He's not a, he's not a machine gun. You know, like you see that. See how fast I can play. And, uh, you know, Dave Gilmore is like, cool, son, watch this. And he hits the right note in the right place. You're like, Ooh, that was fucking it was like, Whoa. Yeah. It was like, he's a sniper. Yeah. He's a sniper. He broke the snake finger. He fucking killed him. He's not, he's not fucking Kerry King. Just like, what? Just, Abusing the shit out of that fucking whammy bar. I love Kerry King. Don't get me wrong, oh, yeah, but that, that whammy bar has been through some shit. <laughs> you want to you hear two Kerry King stories since you guys said you're scared of them? I got two. Ready? Like, Go for it. Yes. Like to hear, here it goes. All right. One. First Kerry King story. First time I ever saw Kerry King 
we're both we're we're in the VIP section of the Golden God Medal Awards. So we're all like backstage. And now imagine that you're at a, a bar and and like every metal god is there. Like it, and there's even tiers of metal gods because like Dave Mustaine had his own room and like uh, they, they had yeah. that, that's different metal god room. But then this room was like Vinnie Paul, like uh, you know, everybody in and like I'm trying to think there was like Slipknot, Trivium, uh, Hatebreed. Uh, there's so so many mm. bands I can't I can't even fucking think of it. I could just rattle them off. It was like you're just like looking around, and you're like, this is like fucking metal, like, you know, central. And I go to walk in the bathroom and like, and I'm walking in, the door just like flings open. And like, and I'm just like standing there and like standing there right there is, and he's a good bit shorter than me, but he, but, <laughs> but, it, but it didn't matter was, uh, was, was it's fucking Kerry King. And he's just like standing there. And as far as I was concerned, I didn't just see Kerry King in the bathroom. There was hellfire behind me. <laughs> I, mean, I was just like, there was hellfire and it, and it was like, to me, I was like, before they see the light, I'm going to die. You know, like this is Kerry King. And he's taking me to fucking hell. And he just said, like, excuse me. And I was just like, and I just stepped aside and, and, and like he, he walked past me and I was like, that was the baddest thing ever. And, and then I just peed and I was the end of it. You know, so there, <laughs> there, Kerry King story one, Kerry King story two. This was, uh, I believe he was, he was playing Dean guitars. We were at the Dean booth at a, uh, I'm a Dean artist. I'm a Dean artist as well. We're at, at, at the Dean booth at uh, at the Nam show, mm-hmm. and there was this. There's these stairs, and at the bottom of the stairs, they had like one of those like VIP things that you like clip off, so like people, you, civilians can't like walk up there. Like, no, 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 you're not VIP. <laughs> and Kerry King's coming down the stairs, and nobody else could see, like. I was just kind of standing all by myself, and I see Kerry King walking downstairs. He's very pretty fucking metal, you know, like he's just like Kerry King and those nubs. And he gets to the bottom and he tries to step over that thing and he trips. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and he almost fucking ate shit, right? Like, you know what I mean? You watch this crazy, like, he's the most metal human being ever. And he like almost eats shit. And like, he gets up and looks around to see if anyone saw him. And it was only me. And like, and I just like looked at him and I'm like sitting here and he looked at me and I looked at him and I just like, I was like, that was metal as fuck. <laughs> and, he just, like, and he just like started like, give me a grin and just like kept walking away. I was like, that was awesome. Kerry King was fucking scared. And, and I was very metal. Those are my two Kerry King stories. I saw Vince Neal fall head over heels down the fucking stairs. Oh. And Lindsley in Nashville. And it was the best thing I ever saw. Well, <laughs> like this, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Vince, we watch, Vince we watch Rock and Rio with Molly Crew a lot on tour when Vince Neal, like, because Vince Neil hits like about every other word, like when he's like, Lonely Nights, shout. You ever see the fucking like, uh, like, uh, uh the Kickstart My Heart misheard lyrics video on YouTube? Yeah. Have you ever seen? That's the fucking best shit. <laughs> Big yeah. Mac 103. Dude, I, and you know what? Take my money, man. I would go see Motley Crue every fucking time. Like, every time. Vince killed out. Dude, you can hit less words, and I'll still come see you. Just like I said, they'll be like, yeah, we're going to shout out the devil. It's going to be freaking awesome. Dude dude could be speaking fluent, drunk, and easy. You're like, I'm going. Can you take my money, please? Everybody's talking about it now with, like, all their memes and stuff. I was like, Vince has been singing like that for freaking since the the 90s. Like, I was like, Vince Vince has been missing words. That's what. He does it on the albums. Like, it's like, you know, like some of them here, I'm like, that's what makes it awesome. Like, it's just, it's that, in, see, to me, I always believe like being a front man is uh, 90% attitude and 10% ability. Said so he has that 90% attitude to just walk away and you can do some shit and walk away and be like, that was the best thing you ever heard. And Vince Dale will convince you of that. Like, and listen to fucking, 
uh, this is what I double down on with this. If you listen to the isolated vocal tracks to Running with the Devil, yeah. right? Mm. And you hear David Lee Roth like, yeah. like all, and it's all by itself. And like, you're, if you were just sitting in the studio, you'd be like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah, but you know, when Dave was done with that, he walked away and was like, that was the best shit you ever heard. And he walked out of there and he's right. Yeah, he doesn't walk away. Like yeah, yeah he just freaking he karate kicked it. He went back out. He probably went surfing or he, he went mountain climbing. When he was done. He got steep <laughs> and, and they and they went on a cliff somewhere. And like and then I listened. I was like, yeah, this is the best thing I've ever. Heard. It's the best right. thing, yeah. Jesus, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Um, go back to the uh, topic about the music industry. What is like the going into it when you're going into it? What was the biggest misconception of the music industry? Every, that you quickly realized was all of it. Fuck, <laughs> no, all of it. <laughs> yeah, everything that I thought it would be. It's just, not, it's just so different. So it's just the the you thought it was going to be ridiculous because you always hear people tell you those stories about like you know business things and stuff. Yeah, it's oh, it's, it's way worse. Yeah. Conversations with record labels and like sound people, like meeting people from other bands. It's 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 ridiculous. It's it's a it's a profession that makes no sense. I think Joe Walsh said it best. Nobody knows what's going on. So just act like, you know, <laughs> and like it's, and the more I'm around, I'm like, yeah, nobody knows what the fuck's happening here. Like you show up to like a huge festival. It's like, no one knows what's going on. Like, it's like, this is just completely random. And it, it somehow come, and it works, you know, and it, it or, it doesn't. or it doesn't, or it doesn't. No. <laughs> yeah. And you just keep going. You know? So yeah, uh, that, that was my thing. You know, it's just a very, it's been an odd journey, you know, like, and now, you know, there's less money in rock and metal than there was. Yes. Point. So you have to wear a lot more hats, you know, like, so a lot of the things that like, you know, uh, you know, bands our size and stuff in, in a different era would have more of like a support structure around you, you know? So like, instead now, you know, we're, we're wearing a lot more hats. You can't just play an instrument. You know what I mean? Like you just can't do one thing, you know, it's like, cause you've got to like do many things, you know, like it's, you know, like Sean can, he could take apart our amplifier, you know, like you could Grant can edit video, you know, it's like, it's, you know, there's like different, the more things you can do yourself in the, in the, you know, and not get money out, you know, you can, you know, do better. And, and that's, that's different, you know, cause there's just not as much, you know, you just, the more you pay for that, you know, you're just kind of chipping away at a, at an iceberg, you know, it's, the, it's a very expensive hobby. It's, it's basically like what someone told me, I, I forget who it was, but that's, that quote still sticks with me. Cause like, Holy shit, you're right. <laughs> it can be, you know, it, it's, it, it, well, it's always expensive, you know, but like, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, it takes, if you, you can find your niche, like you can, you know, we've been, you know, we've been touring and, uh, you know, we're doing all right now, you know, but we've been touring in the green for a long time, you know, like, and it's like, and there, and then we know bands that are bigger than us that aren't because they don't know how to manage, you know, their money, you know, and we learned how to do that from being punk rockers, like going buying a shoestring, you know, like it's, but, you know, if you start, you start, you know, dishing out money and like walking around like you're, you know, Molly Crew or something, <laughs> not making Molly Crew money. Yeah. You're, you're like, yeah, I got my four guitar texts. I was like, eh, you know, well, uh, you're not good for you. Yeah. It's like, you're not kiss brother. You know, like you're, <laughs> did, you, did your guarantee pay for your four guitar techs? Cause that's pretty much, you know, we've, we've opened for bands and I, and I know what their guarantee is and I know how many people they had there and I know how much merch they sold. And I see their tour bus outside and without even busting out my calculator, I'll be like, son, you're operating in the red big time. right now. Oh. So, You know, like it's just, I was like, just fucking economics, man. Yeah. 
We also understand the economic benefit of the Chinese buffet. Yeah. Yes. You want to maximize your food intake? We know what's up. You just give us Frank Chinese buffet. Don't Don't practice. Don't Don't practice. Chinese buffet. (laughs) Buffets. That's what you got to do. Yeah, if if for whatever reason you only take two things from this interview, let those two things be the only things you take away from. Totally this. Agree. Yeah, right on around yeah. the old nugget. Totally agree. You could thank us yeah. later. Don't take any wooden nickels. Exactly. Well, the third thing actually that you should take away from this is the answer to this very most important question that I ask every single band and every single artist that comes on this show. It's a very important question, and I hope that this will this answer will change. Everything for everybody. No, most of what I say will change people's lives. Well, the question is, <laughs> if you could be any cereal box character, who would you be? That's a solid question. Tony the Tiger. <laughs> I didn't really think about that. I, no, I, got, I got my answer. I got my answer. That's you want, you want to throw it down, Sean, first? Count Chocula. Count Chocula. See, now it's a tie. seasonal. Now I don't know you if I, seasonal. yeah, but listen. Yeah. Now I don't know if I want to be the Lucky Charms guy or if I want to be Boober. This big, Boo yeah, but if I'm a Lucky Charm, I got a tiger. I got a pot of gold, bitch. I'll buy a tiger. <laughs> when Mike Tyson got a pot of gold, what did he do? He bought a tiger. Yeah, the jail. <laughs> well, I'll get out of jail for a pot of gold. Be lucky like, never has anything because kids are always stealing his shit. Yeah. <laughs> they never get his Lucky Charms. <laughs> they never get his Lucky Charms. His gold. Yeah. He, he gets nah, his gold. You never get his Lucky Charms. Now you're gonna be Tony the Tiger. Are great. Bam. That's it. That's all you need. That's Conor McGregor might be the freaking lucky charms guy. <laughs> oh, thanks for watching this video. We're gonna end it after that Thank shitty you. pun there. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, no, I love the fact that this question turned into an immediate debate. Like, not a well, great. You pick Count Chocula. Now I gotta go pick something else. Fuck. What do you got to pick him? No, I'm not doing that. Fuck. Diggles. Diggles Max. Diggles Max. Oh, what about Buffalo Bill? <laughs> what, what the, the fuck are you talking got, about? Yeah, this is a good question. <laughs> I, I feel this is probably one of the best questions we've ever yeah, yeah. We're gonna go on hours. Jesus Christ. How many guys, I swear to you, how many times have you guys changed your answer in this like one section here? I'm, I swear to God. You know what? What I'm, I'm gonna double down on the lucky charms guy. <laughs> I'm Captain Crouch. I think I'm Waffle Bill now. Sorry. Oh my god. No, I mean, I'm doubling down. I'm 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 still fucking. They're not getting me lucky. Rich is Holy shit! This is gonna be this is gonna be yeah, fun to edit. Okay, well, to, if anybody wants to come to our shows and uh, we're playing in 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 Akron tomorrow, Getty Lee's gonna be on bass. When does this <laughs> Getty Lee's gonna be he's gonna be playing bass for it's us amazing. for three shows. Uh, sorry, Richard. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, Getty's gonna be playing bass um, after he heard this in Canada, and he's gonna come down because Rush is is not playing. He's gonna bring his keyboard too. I'm not gonna. I, I can't tell if you're actually serious or not. <laughs> I can't. It's the dryness. The dryness of your tone is just like, yeah. yeah, we got Getty Lee coming down. He'll be uh, he'll be playing for us, and he'll be doing jumping jacks while he's doing so. He'll be uh, he'll be doing some cartwheels, and right. while we have it, uh, James Hetfield will be walking out. Up. Yeah, I throw shit like that out, and the funny thing is, like, people think I made something up. Then I'll throw a picture on social media, like, oh shit, he wasn't lying about that. <laughs> <laughs> Could be like completely like made up. Like that was completely made up. I just you just reminded me of Canada and Rich was in like somewhere else. And I was like, oh, Getty Lee's gonna play with us today. 
Well, uh, either way, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Uh, Stereo Overthrow is available now. You can get it through the links down in the description. Uh, Guys, anything else you want to shout out? You've got like five seconds to do so. Go. Captain Crunch is the best cereal. (laughs) You'll never get me Lucky Charms. Waffle Bill uh, is waffly. And keep your face out of your ears. And remember that God gave rock and roll to Paul Stanley. And then he gave it to you and us. That's the generosity (laughs) of the Paul. Well, all right then. We're going to queue up. God gave rock and roll to you. Gave rock and roll to you. Hey, rock and roll to everyone. Sing it now. If you're going to sing, you got to sing Beth. You're the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, my God. This is, I'm going to have fun with the edit of this one. All right. Well, thank you guys again. Thanks so much for coming on no, the show. Thank you really, much, thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Okay. It was a pleasure. And that was Scattered Hamlet. You know, to this day, I still don't know exactly how they took over the podcast but took over the podcast they did. And I think we're all better humans for it. Except for me, of course. I'm still the cold robot you know and love. All right, let's do our episodic cliffhanger tease right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. The Reign of Fire has begun, so let's wrap this up and tell you what is coming up next week. After three weeks of nothing, it's refreshing to be back on a weekly basis. But we will continue our talk with Sunfire TV and dive further into the crazy world that is her Twitch channel and TikTok. But we'll also start up a conversation with death thrash metal band Demiricus, specifically guitarist Scott Wilson, about all the shit the band went through in the mid to late 2000s, which caused a 15-year hiatus. All this and more next week. In the meantime, thanks for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can follow the show on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot reviews facebook and twitter at the metal robot instagram at the dot metal robot you can also check out everything metal robot on the metal for videos reviews press and so much more i'm tom mckay if you enjoyed this episode and you want more be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts and i'll see you in the mosh pit next time have a good night